0: You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello? Hey, Anthony. Hello,
1: Joe. What's going on?
0: What's going on, man? How you doing?
1: You know what? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm excited to be a part of this. Long-time listener. First-time caller.
0: <laughs> You're the first person to make that joke.
1: Yeah. Hopefully the last one,
0: too. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, too. I'm, I'm not thrilled about the movie because I feel horrible about myself after I watched this.
1: As we started watching and I was like, man, I really must have made him mad to watch it. And, uh, <laughs> but by the time it ended, though, um, I was pretty excited to talk about
0: it. Yeah, no, it, it's a good movie. Um, and we're going to get into it, obviously, uh, throughout the episode. But, um, yeah, it's it's quite a downer, especially if you're a dude. So um, <laughs> first of all, let me just uh, start by... like. Having a brief int- introduction for you, because it's the first episode you're on. So we've been friends for, I'd say, probably about 10 years now at this point, right?
1: Yeah, close to.
0: Yeah. And we met, ironically enough, for this podcast uh, at a Halloween party of Matt's, when Matt used to throw, like, <laughs> sick Halloween parties. <laughs> and yes,
1: it's the one that he, he hated me the most, because I dressed as Kings of Leon, which at the time is... Basically, how I dressed every day.
0: Right, and I came in as Nightman from uh, uh, "It's Always Sunny." That's
1: right, and Jay was Dayman. I forgot about that. And and Jay
0: was Dayman, yeah. And then, and and you're the first person that came up to me, go Nightman, and I'm like, "Yup." (laughs) And that's it. And then the friendship blossomed from there. Flash forward all these years later, you're in Philadelphia, Uh, I'm in New York, so like everybody else that, like, you know, in our group of friends, you know, pretty far apart, you know. So I'm excited, I'm excited to have you on, I'm excited to, you know, hopefully have you on as a regular.
1: Definitely looking forward to being a regular, but we'll have to talk about the next movie I do, because I would like to not feel so bad about myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was definitely like a visual castration for me. (laughs) Yes. Alright, so the movie we're talking about uh, is called Men, and this is a recent film, came out in May 2020, directed by Alex Garland, uh, who I'm a huge, huge fan of. Uh, loved his films. Uh, for those of you that don't know who he is, uh, he did a, a really great movie a couple of years back called uh, Ex Machina. Uh, did you see that?
1: I did see Ex Machina. Okay, um,
0: yeah. That's when I first like took notice of him. He, well, actually, he did uh, Dread, too, like um, the Judge Dread remake, or I don't know if it's really a remake. He just did his own spin on it, but...
1: And annihilation.
0: And annihilation. Yeah, that's which I was getting getting to next. The which I, I mean, we both we talked about the movie quite a bit when it came out. You and I.
1: Under underappreciated movie. More people need to see it, especially when you, as we talk about this movie later. Movie with strong female representation. Uh, annihilation is a, is a good one to look at.
0: Yeah, he's got a real heavy like feminist string running through his movies for sure. You know, even mm-hmm. like Ex Machina, like although it's a uh, it, it's veiled with like a you know robot basically, it's still a very similar um, message in terms of like breaking free of like a guy's control and you know manipulation and all that kind of stuff. So th- this one is a lot more on the nose than the other movies for sure. But they're usually not over like hitting you over the head with it. Um, So that's kind of why I appreciated his stuff a lot. Uh, He was able to kind of get a message across in his other films without being like over the top about it Uh, and and being real creative as well because his movies are always super different. Like, you know, for lack of better, like uh, phrasing here, like he really just puts a unique show on and uh, that's what I've appreciated about him. And I think he's severely underrated, honestly, because no one talks about him as much as like they talk about some other new directors. His stuff is fucking gold. Um so I, I really urge anyone out there to kind of watch his stuff. All right, the yeah. movie the movie follows uh, our main character Harper, played by Jesse Buckley, as she goes to a small um, village in England, uh, Conston, I believe the name was right, or Coston,
1: Coston in Hertfordshire, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, where she goes to kind of escape uh, and heal a little bit from the recent death of her husband. And while she's there, the caretaker, Joffrey, played by Roy Kinnear, um, introduces her to the area. While she's there trying to heal from what happened, uh, she sort of runs into all these different people in the area. uh, You know, she talks about what happened. And we sort of start to see that things are a little strange in this particular area, this particular village. Um, This is a movie that we really can't talk about. Uh, Without going into spoilers, to be honest with you, Um, you and I discussed this before we got, you know, on the mic. So we're we're just going to give you fair warning now that the the entire movie is going to be a spoiler review. Uh, If you are a fan of this director or um, this just sounds interesting enough already for you to see, uh, there are many ways to watch the movie. Um, It's on basically any streaming platform for about four or five bucks. I forgot how much exactly, but it's pretty cheap, fairly, you know, reasonable price. So you can rent it on Amazon, Voodoo, Google, whatever, uh, YouTube. I don't think it's on anything for free at the moment, uh, streaming platform-wise, but that's the best way to watch it. That's how I watched it. I'm assuming that's how you watched it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I recommend the movie. I, I know we kind of start off by saying how depressed it made us, but I do recommend it. I think it's a really good movie. With that said, uh, we'll just we'll just jump right into it. Um, on its surface, what did you actually think of the movie? Did you enjoy it? Um, did you think it was good, or you just kind of like rolled your eyes at it? So
1: it, it it's weird. Enjoyment's an interesting word, right? I really enjoyed it as a film um kind of reminded me a little bit of shining s you know a lot of long takes um oh, yeah. a lot of just big pauses yeah. you know i think this is a, a wonderful movie I, but i don't know if i got like enjoyment out of watching it if that makes sense
0: <laughs> it does
1: um it's, yeah. it's it's not like um a normal horror movie where you sit down like a uh, friday the 13th or halloween and you you, you know, buckle in for a fun time but if if you're are really into how a director can tell a story visually. I think this is a really good one. And I think if you liked movies like Midsommar or The Witch or Hereditary, like those type of, um,
0: I I think you would enjoy this type of movie. Yeah. It's like more cerebral horror for sure. You know, um, Mm -hmm. uh, this is a movie I didn't really read a lot about. Um, I saw a trailer, but the trailer doesn't really tell you much. It doesn't really do it a lot of justice. Um, I just kind of jumped into it. Uh, like, I've been doing yeah. a lot with new stuff lately. And I, I mostly because of the director, honestly. Because um, the movie tanked. The movie's reviews are terrible. Normally, and like... I
1: think I know why, though.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we might have the same opinion on why, too. I, I definitely want to talk about that. That's You know, I think maybe if I didn't know who the movie was made by, um, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Because I didn't see anything appealing to me in terms of, like, reviews, trailer, or, or really the plot. But... I'm really glad I did, and I, I feel like I. I wonder how many other movies I missed out on too. You know, when I think about like things like that when I see something like this. But yeah, like you said, it's not an easy watch, so you have to go into it with a certain mindset. I did not have that. Um, I think maybe if I did, uh, I would have had a little bit of a different feel about it because I feel the way you do. Did you like? Did you go into it blind too?
1: Yeah, I mean, so the only thing I knew before is Jessie Buckley. I saw her. She's in. Tabo, which I absolutely love that
0: show. Yeah, I know you're big And then fan. the
1: only other thing I knew is when I was listening to the recent Cronenberg episode, when you mentioned that you watched both of those, and I was like, oh, I might be in for something uh, interesting, you know. Uh, but no, I didn't even watch the trailer, to be honest. When you sent the list, I just looked up a few, and I was like, oh, um, I know her, so let's go for it. I didn't even look at the director, and I just realized he wrote 28 Days Later as well.
0: yeah. Going into the movie, yeah, it's it starts off with her in her apartment. We, we see a man basically falling, uh, th- <laughs> out from uh, off the window, uh, off the roof, I guess, like past her window. Uh, we don't know yes. who that man is, so uh, they make
1: eye contact, and she's got a bloody nose, and that to me set it off. and I was like, all right, this is going to be a visual movie, you
0: know. Now, we 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 kind of move from there into uh, this little house that she uh, rents out in this village, and um. We meet the caretaker of the place, uh, Joffrey, played by Rory Kinnear. You know, it's funny. I, I knew who the actor was. Like, I've seen him in things before. I know what he looks like. So when I saw him in this, I recognized him. I recognized, like, his, like, you know, uh his voice kind of and his, like, mannerisms, his facial features. But I knew he was in, like, prosthetics. And it's like a Mike. He looked almost like a, like a Mike Myers-like character. You know, like, it, it was just <laughs> yeah. sort of, like, a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of strange, right? Like, um so I'm like, what? Well, that was an odd choice, because I was like, I know that he's not that old, he don't look like that, you know, like, at all, like, so they, they did quite a bit of work on him, uh, and it wasn't until a little bit later that I figured out why, I, I didn't know that he plays every fucking man in this movie.
1: I didn't pick up on it until The Little Kid, because it's kind of Uncanny Valley, a little bit, um, yeah. and I saw the eyes, but at that point, though, I'll be honest with you, I was like, okay, naked man, little kid, something's going on here, I didn't put it together that Joffrey was one of them either, so, yeah. I think... <laughs> I think not doing research on the movie would help, because if you look now, you see that there's only like five people credited, and that would kind of, I think, spoil that for you.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. If you look at like Wikipedia or like IMDb, the, the credit list is real short, and there's a lot of people in this movie, character-wise, so uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that at all. But I found that, I found that interesting, and I think everybody kind of like that watches it has that realization at some point, and I just wonder how soon it is for everybody. Well, they did the the, the little kid. I mean, that was, you know, he had a mask on for a little bit, and you just heard his voice. Mm -hmm. But when they took the mask off, wasn't he, like, very jarring-looking? Like, that CGI was, like, horrendous.
1: Yeah, that's what I realized. It's just... Like,
0: you think it was supposed to look like shit?
1: I know this is not our forte, but it looked like when Grandma Tarkin in, like, Rogue One, you know, or, like, even when they brought Carrie Fisher into there, and it's just, like, you can tell... Dead eyes. ...that it's... Yeah, it's at Uncanny Valley. I don't think it was intended to, because, like, I, I mean, there's a lot of good um, physical special effects. I kind of, I understood why one of these was, like, a little kid, but, yeah, I wish they'd done, s- but it doesn't take away, because he's not in it that often.
0: No, it doesn't take away. It's jarring, for sure, um, but I, I don't know if it was supposed, With I don't know if that was the intention, because, like you're saying, like, they obviously know how to pull off effects. They did a lot of, like, really great special effects towards the end of this movie. Um, that were CGI and they did a lot of good practical stuff too. Not as much, but there was some of it, uh, especially like in the the, the end, uh, chasing, we'll get to that. Right. The only thing I did really know, um, about the movie before it was the, the poster and the poster is basically just a close up of Joffrey's face with a really evil grin, making it look like he's a villain. So when I saw him come in, I was like, Oh, he must be the bad guy. Like the poster pretty much ruined that. And I was like, kind of wrong, I guess. Um, in a way. Because it's not really towards the end where he... He's like one of the holdouts, I think. He's kind of like the holdout as a good dude until the end.
1: His big part is he's misnaming her. That's his whole through line. Because right. then he starts doing it purposely at the end. He leaves, but he's like, takes his time getting out. So you're like, oh boy, what's he going to do? Um, right. Turns out not a lot until the end.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because like each man, I guess, um, is like progressively more like terrible. You know, it was like what I sort of like, you know, picked on, on on the first viewing. It's like, OK, you know, she's she's meeting all these people. Obviously, the, like the naked man is like, you know, just sort of terrorizing her. You know, and then we get to the the priest who, you know, who she kind of confides in and he seems like a good guy. You know, he's well, he's listening and actually responding in kind until until the end of the conversation where it really like turns <laughs> like that was like I, <laughs> you're laughing because like, like the whole conversation was bonkers.
1: She was getting handsy when they were sitting there. And then when yeah. he blamed her for everything i was like what is happening but then so i like, think about it like we keep getting into it but like i think he represents I, I guess i'm assuming like the bend on society of victim blaming
0: every man in this movie had like a representation of something shitty that we do to women i, I think that was the point of it unless you know i'm a man and i'm dumb and i'm missing it <laughs> but uh yeah that that that's kind of what i what i gauge from him as well but, you know, like, the next thing you get is a, the little boy who is even more shitty, you know. And, and everybody down the road just gets more and more terrible to her. And we get the bar scene where it's just, like, a lot of aggression, you know, and it's all the same guy at that point. I think if anyone didn't know at that point that he's playing all the characters, like, you, you would know then. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: That's the obvious one. You know, in, in the beginning, she's kind of exploring the area. She walks around, like, you know, parks and, like, parts of the village. And she walks by this, like, big tunnel. And, you know, she sees someone all the way down at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Just like the silhouette of a person, I'm assuming it was a naked man at that point. We don't know who he Mm -hmm. is, but and she sort of like you know yells into the tunnel, and the echo comes back. That echo is like the musical theme of the entire movie. Like that echo that she does, that like comes back to her. They consistently play that throughout the movie in the music. Like that's just always there.
1: It's funny because I don't know. So I watch everything with subtitles and thank gosh, because, like, sometimes you wouldn't notice it, but because it says the Harper's, like, echo music, at least on Amazon. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I think it all carries the same through line. It's the same reason, like, after the naked man, like, shows up and the cops arrest him, and you're like, why don't you leave? And I think it's that whole kind of, she's still dealing with all of the things that happened, and she's, like, refusing to, I don't know if you want to say, like, not blame herself or what that, but, like, I think the echoing is almost, like, her voice back to her and all these other people represent different things. But I I did like that as a recurring theme because initially I wrote down literally, why didn't this bitch just leave? Right. Just like the easiest to get in the car and get out of here. But I think as it went on, it started to make more sense. And It it also had a very, not necessarily ethereal quality, but a lot of religious, like almost like monk chanting, like older and that kind of gets tied in more, too, I think, with some of the like paganistic or ancient Greek things that he ties in later as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it's pretty well said. Um, I thought it was a great scene. I mean, just visually, I, I really loved like the look of all that. It set, it set the tone for me, aside from the opening, which was more like, like arbitrary, like I did cause I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I started to get more of a feel like she's in danger just from the opening scene, you know, in the tunnel.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I started. That's when I started to get, like, in a good way when you're watching a movie like this, like, physically a little bit uncomfortable because he doesn't do a lot of, like, jump cuts or anything like that. Like, all of a sudden, he's there. He, like, has this horrible scream that echoes back to her, like, um, really discordant with, like, the fun harmony she puts together. Yeah. And then, he, like... She brought like the whole scene before she gets all the way back to the house It's like you're constantly like thinking like how far away is he? What's going on? And they really he takes his time and and that's gonna be like it's the thing he does a lot throughout this movie but that's what part of it that kind of reminded me a little bit of like Shining type thing where a lot of the tension is just built from just long drawn Real-time type thing. I didn't expect somebody to hang so much dong in this movie though, by the way That would oh, yeah, we saw a lot of
0: penis. Yeah
1: Oh, a lot. Um, yeah, and then like you know what? Good for him. It's a, it's a <laughs> nice, it's a nice, you know, it's a nice one. So why not?
0: I mean, you would almost say that the penis is another cast member at this point.
1: It, it's out there. It's, it's. <laughs> you don't get one quick shot. No, it's no. um, it's in your face. But yeah, that whole tunnel scene. I think she kept running and stopping, and I'm screaming at the TV at this point, like. Go, go. Um, and it's like a nice day outside, too, right? So it's not your typical horror, rainy, overcast. And I think it kind of puts into the idea is like she crosses into the tunnel. It's kind of unknown. I'm assuming he's trying to say at that point that that's like something that a lot of women have to deal with, depending on where you go or what time of day. Like they don't have the same ability to just necessarily walk down the street without having to worry about things like that. Right. Um, Right. So lucky for us. Right. Can't can't really put myself in those shoes.
0: They did try to pinpoint a specific feeling that we don't have that that women do. Yeah. Like
1: like, for the most part, like if you wanted to go walk through Central Park by yourself, like during the bright daylight, would that be an issue for you? Like mentally,
0: Oh, yeah, I'm allergic to parks, so I'd be I'd be in terrible uh, shape. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, you also
1: know that I haven't been allowed in Central Park in 20 years, and I asked you to keep that private. <laughs> but I, re- I think that's kind of what there's. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of what they're saying. It's like it's just like a nice walk in the woods, and she can't, she can't even get away from that. I can't right? even
0: have um, this. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, um, because then when he follows you to the house, like, like that's an easy opportunity for like hang on the window jump scare. But it really holds, and you feel. Like when she's FaceTiming her friend, and you're like, "Please, can somebody see him in the background? For the love of God!" And she doesn't. Oh, when the like, naked
0: man's like walking around the window, yeah.
1: Yes, and like that could have been so easy for him—just like one bang on the glass while she's on like a work call. But right. It doesn't have the same kind of like dread where you're 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 seeing this happen, and you're like, "Please, just turn around!" Like, my goodness.
0: Yeah. It's like he takes it. He's like he takes those like typical horror tropes. He hasn't finished them the same way.
1: So once she sees him, she gets on the phone with the police, and then you see like the doors open and she shuts and locks it. And that's another place where it's like, all right, a typical horror movie. She ah, turns, puts her back to the door, and boom, there they are. Right. You know, but he, he was outside. And he tries to get in, and then the cops actually arrest him. Which I was like, how does the movie progress from here? Like, how did? Right. You've watched more horror movies than I have. Like, how often are the you know law enforcement like competent in there? Like, if we look at the um, the newer Halloween ones, like they make some weird decisions. But you're like, oh okay, that's just well, the cause of the yeah. movie. Yeah,
0: they will play the cops off as uh, you know comical. Like they're almost like the comedy relief in a lot of things. You know, uh, like I said, especially Halloween, because like they're the mm-hmm. ones that keep you safe. So if they're the bumbling idiots of the movie, like you are fucked. You know, so the cops are never competent in the movies.
1: It takes you away from the, the realism of it. It's just like, yeah. thank God this was in the United Kingdom because or else they would have just shot the guy. That would have been the end of the movie.
0: You know? <laughs> Zing. Yeah,
1: but like even when they're interviewing her and everything that happens to the police later, I was like, wow, this is like very realistic where, you know, there's not a lot that they have, you know, so they got to let him go. You know, yeah, yeah. Of those things like, oh, he broke out of the back of the car. We shot him five times, but he just kept
0: going. Right. But, and like they let him go but they let him go and it's like the end anyway. It's not like he comes back and you're like oh shit how'd this happen? And like she finds out right. oh they let him go. We kept thinking he was the threat and I'm like you know the same the same way you were like right well now what happens? Like I said I, I didn't know who the actor was so I, I, I pieced together that he was playing multiple roles pretty much right away. So when I saw him like I saw him as a naked man I'm like oh shit did, did Joffrey just like take off a wig and like I thought like that was just Joffrey fucking with her. Until the two came together, and I was like, "Oh!" And then the cop came in, and it was also the same actor. I'm like, "Oh, what the fuck, you know?" So that that's when yeah, I was like, was, "All right, something else is going on it, in this movie."
1: It's it's funny because I had like the like almost the polar opposite of you because I thought it was Joffrey when you're seeing him from the distance, and then when he puts his face close to the glass and you see all the cuts, I was like, "Oh, that's somebody I have no idea who this is." Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> no, <sorry. laughs>
0: yeah, yeah but...
1: that association. and then and then like I said, I didn't realize until he goes to the church, but like, so, you know, we've talked a lot about like how he plays like all these characters. Like, what do you think? So there's only one other person in the village and it's the female cop. Yeah. So what what do you, like I've kind of been racking my brain thinking about like, what is that supposed to interpret? The only thing I could think of because she's not very helpful, right? She's like, Oh, he smells. He's probably just off his, uh, some British term, like his, he's off his rocker. Like we'll clean him up. No big deal. And I'm assuming she's supposed to be, like, women that don't help other women in these situations, the the type of woman that um, sees a serial killer in jail and, and um, falls in love with him or something like that.
0: I could change him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or, you know, you were asking for it. Like, whatever. Whatever happened, it's not that big of a deal. Like, and, you know, An enabler. And,
0: like, an enabler, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, well, that was my thought. What do you think?
0: I did think that, but I also, you, so I thought that there was sort of, like, two polar opposites in the the only other two female uh, characters in the movie—it wasn't just the cop; it was her friend, who you mentioned before, who was uh, w- um, what the hell was her name? Uh, Rory, I think. Uh, Riley. Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. She's, <laughs> she's a woman. I know, she... <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, somebody got beaten here. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, my ego. <laughs> Um, yeah, Riley. So, like, Riley and the female cop, they're the complete, like, polar opposites. Because, like, you were saying, like, she was sort of the, the enabler. And, um, and, and I got that from her, too. Uh, because it was, like, very, like, overt. But her friend is, like, the, is the complete opposite, right? Like, like in super encouraging, like, just almost just, like, righteous about everything. She's, like, because she's the one, like, saying, like, no, fucking stay there. Like, that's what you went there for. Like, telling her, you're not wrong. You're never wrong. Like, this is the right thing. Like, it was this person's fault. This person's fault. Like, that's her role. That's her kind of friend. She's like the girl best friend. You're like the typical girl best friend that just is, like, extremely loyal, you know, extremely encouraging. And and that's kind of why I thought they put those two women in there, um, just to be no, opposites. I
1: didn't even... Yeah, no, I didn't even think of it. I think it's a really good... So, you, yeah, you basically have the two, the two sides of her. One's constantly in her ear pushing her that, like, whatever's happening, it's not your fault. Like, you're here. Enjoy yourself. Like... And then you have what the female cop represents, which is, like, things that happen, like, you know, you can't change it, boys being boys, like, it's no big deal. Like, almost not as horrible as what the priest straight up says to her, but that idea of, but now that you said it, I was like, oh, that really, that really lines up as far as the two types of, you know. I guess you would call them, like, the large categories of of women's support. Either, you know, brush it under the rug or, you know, really push for you to to stand up on your own.
0: That was sort of, like, the two, like, two different, like, thought processes that, like, she was going through throughout the movie, too. Because the entire time she's there, she's like, we don't really get to get in her head too, too much. And we see flashbacks of what happened in that initial, like, you know, um, incident, which we'll talk about. Um, So we see what happened and her feelings at the time. But obviously her feelings now are probably very different. And she's wrestling with what happened. And we only really get inside her head a little bit when she talks to the priest. Because that's when she actually speaks about what happened. But honestly, like, the audience, like, we do more of the thinking about that throughout the movie. Like, we try to reason, like, for her. Like, if she was right or wrong. You know, if she should be okay or if she should just be more fucked up from it. Like, how, you know, can she get over it? How could she get over it? Um... And, like, the duality of, like, that, like, with the two different mindsets are played off in those two different women. Because, again, like, she's not the one really talking about it as much. Um, you know, if, like, you go and you watch it, you know, first time, second time, like, you see, like, she's... She doesn't come to a lot of decisions, like, throughout it until, like, the very, very end. And even that is, like, very ambiguous. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think, like, we're doing more of the thinking for her and... Um, and those are the two sides of that coin. With those two, with those two. Yeah, women.
1: no. As we're talking about it, like you come in with a blank slate. Like all you know is whatever a, a man falls out of a building, and then she's on a she's on a college weekend, and you're kind of asking yourself, like, why are all these things happening to this woman? And I, I wonder if they're trying to say that, like, you, without any prior knowledge, already should correctly think like. She doesn't deserve anything that's what's happening to her, right? Yeah,
0: so as we've been talking about the movie this whole time, you know, we we just we, you know, what we're getting across here is, you know, she's basically being harassed in different ways by all these different men, played by the same actor. You know, while she's just trying to just get some peace of mind from something that happened to her. And we're given like this backstory in pieces throughout the movie. And and what it is that that happened, and we don't really see that t- towards I guess like more I guess end of the second act of the movie maybe, um, we get a full we get the full story. And it's that um, her husband and her were having a lot of problems. They got into a huge fight. You know, we're seeing this fight play out in in their apartment. He threatens to kill himself if she leaves. She's so, like, upset that he would pull that card, you know, hold them hostage. Um, And then, like, the fight gets more intense and it just turns physical where he starts, like, he hits her. That's why she's bleeding. Um, He punches her. So she basically, like, throws him out of the house, locks him out. And then um, he fucking jumps off the the building and, and dies. So, but, like, it wasn't, like, a suicide, I guess, so much. because No, he,
1: so he, yeah, he 100%, yeah, you learn early on that they're fighting, and he's like, you can't leave me, I'm literally gonna kill yourself, kill myself, you're gonna have to live with it, that's on your conscience, and I was like, man, this guy lives in ultimatums. But, But then you find out, so, like, she locks him out, and he runs up to the next floor, and he's trying to climb down to get back in and he slips you don't see for a while that he falls but she says that at one point so i think there's also like the part in here like did he actually kill himself exactly the, the neighbors told yeah. the neighbors told her that he, he slipped and fell but to your point nobody else but her really knows what he laid on and and he went through with it though so i'll give him that you know he, yeah he's, he a man like he's a man of his word and <laughs> yes. he haunted her for that yeah yeah it'll well, be like dealing with my ghost <laughs>
0: either way it she feels mistake, the guilt because she yeah. locked him out so even if he was just trying to get in the house he couldn't get in because of her so that was like the guilt that she was dealing with as well
1: yeah i mean just she should have followed the priest's advice just let it go man <laughs>
0: just, yeah
1: I, I was absolutely like flabbergasted when he said that i was like what is happening yeah did you forgive him for socking you in the face and she's like i'm sorry what <laughs> I, said, yeah, I mean
0: yeah but it's
1: not a capital offense, <laughs> and I was I was like her. I was like, wait, what? It came out of nowhere. I did not anticipate him being like. I mean, yeah, that's totally your fault. Like, you should have just forgiven him. And you know, don't you think if you had just let him back in and accepted his apology, he wouldn't have killed himself? And it's like because it's really not that big of a deal. He punched in the face, like yeah, and
0: that's and that the other was thing. Harsh. He
1: didn't like hit her. He socked her. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's like
0: he broke and, her fucking nose. Like you, you know, um, yeah,
1: it's it's not like in Sopranos when they used to hit women. You know, like the. That's they're smacking around. It doesn't make any. I heard the like,
0: tip of you say in the good old days.
1: <laughs> I was going to, yeah. I was going to cut that out. No, it kind of reminds me almost of Ralphie though, when Ralphie beat the piss out of that poor stripper. That that episode always will weigh on me. And to be honest, these two like similar situations. You know, for people who have seen The Sopranos in that episode, if you haven't seen it, the show's like twenty years old. So sorry, but you know, it's she's a young stripper who's in with some bad people and she thinks she's doing what, like, but basically what happens to her in the end is nothing that she could have done other than have a better lot in life. And and similar yeah. to Harper here, like look, she had nothing to do with James's death. He overreacted, he hit her and he died, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, they, they seem very similar to me in a way. And that always makes me feel bad.
0: We watch the movie and we, we, we look at it right away and we're like, she it's not her fault at all. 100% our her fault. But the other part of that is I put myself in her shoes and I'm like, what if that happened to me? I would be like, this is all my fault. And it's funny to think of it that way, right? Like we could watch someone else go through something and no, they did nothing wrong. But we wouldn't be able to tell ourselves that if it happened to us.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I have a, a close family friend who they, you know, his significant other had taken her life many years ago. Not in this fashion where she blames or anything like that, but it's yeah. it's always one of those things that regardless, you know, even in this situation where outside looking in, you're like, James did this, James was horrible. Like you're better off. It's when anybody takes their own life, it it's holds much different weight than any other way that you lose an individual because there's always going to be that question of, what could I have done differently to prevent this? Right. Like if if someone, unfortunately it's in a car accident, you know, or they get murdered or, you know, they have a terminal illness, they're all horrible things and and they're, but they don't weigh on somebody nearly as much as when an individual chooses to, to end their life. And it it always plays on the, the what ifs, you know, there's been a few situations in my life where I've unfortunately had those things happen. And, you know i've seen firsthand how people now i didn't see the things that she saw but i've seen how people. (laughs) i was gonna say we have a
0: different episode to make then
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but you see how people deal with it it's just it's 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 very tough when she walked out so she walks outside and she sees a kid in a mask and it wasn't sure what to make of that um but he wants to play hide-and-seek with her, and she says no. Because to be honest, I think any kid hanging out by a church by themselves is very creepy.
0: It's like a graveyard, too. Yeah, <laughs>
1: It's just like, where are your parents, you know? Um, it's, it's like, there's just something so unsettling about flying a kite at night.
0: <laughs> Hello, mother.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically like... Yeah. So she doesn't want to play, and he calls her a fucking dick. he swoops in and like saves her, and you're like, okay, finally somebody else, because... You know, we haven't really heard from Joffrey in a while, and, and he seemed really nice, Joffrey, but it was a very jarring moment. So she tells the whole story, and then the priest immediately begins, like, admonishing her for it and, and basically blaming the whole situation on her. And I think he was referring to what people would call, and I have never once said it this way, but the good old days where you could just hit a woman and it really wasn't <laughs> that big of a deal.
0: The um, all the, yeah, sure.
1: Possibly the worst spiritual vice I've ever heard in my life. Um,
0: <laughs> not the worst thing a priest has done, though, but still pretty shitty, yeah.
1: Not even for this movie is it the worst thing the priest has done. <laughs> no, I know.
0: it well, that right. And that's... Uh, but they, then,
1: yeah, yeah. And then she goes to the bar, and that's when we finally see Joffrey again. And there's also something weird about ordering a pocket tonic in a British pub. I wasn't okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I'm sure they weren't either. That's
0: why I knew he was a bad dude. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And did you notice the word he was trying to find um, in his crossword? No, I didn't. Pomegranate.
0: Okay. And
1: pomegranate's very significant because that's what Hades used to lure Persephone into the underworld, right? The reason we have winter and fall is because she goes down with Hades half the year, and then spring, summer, she comes back up. So oh, no. No idea. Pomegranate. And that's not, not going to be the last time that he does like ancient Greek references. I mean, if you were any type of culture, you would have picked up on that right away.
0: <laughs> uh, you're not supposed to insult the host I guess uh, this is your a newbie, a rookie mistake here But sure, sure
1: <laughs> Using this as a launch pad for my own podcast Where I, I review Joe's reviews It's going to be say a, say a spinoff off series
0: I, Yeah, called Unsexy yeah. Vampire Teeth <laughs> Yeah
1: <laughs> It's called scraping the plaque off the sexy vampire teeth Before we get to the core of the issues But The plaque um, is Joe Honestly I literally it just popped into my mind as we were talking about the bar scene, and the one thing I'll say with it is like, what's cool about this movie and this director is like every shot, everything like has a purpose. Yeah. Um.
0: There's no wasted space. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. So then we go into the bar, and that's when the when the cop shows up. And you find out they let him go, which, I mean, that's a real-world scenario. nothing to charge him with other than being naked. But he's like, oh, he didn't even steal it. And you get it again. Like, so what he was stalking you. So what you saw him twice. Like, he didn't do anything to you. Like, what's the big deal?
0: Right. Everybody discredits her. Everybody makes her feel like the things she's upset about are not a problem. Like, that's a huge part of what these men are telling her throughout the entire movie. You know, that's like their... Crime until the end. Obviously, when things get a little more intense, but that's what it is for. Like the first, like you know, hour of the movie.
1: Do you think that she sees they're all the same guy, or is that just like for our eyes only?
0: I wondered that. I I I don't know if it's just cinematic. I'm not really sure because
1: she has to at the end because, and we'll get to it. But like, I she's not dumb, right? right. She's a woman, but
0: (laughs) we we only get one of those.
1: (laughs) there's, like, so many things I wanted to joke about, and then I'm like, oh, I can't say any of these things. Like, if you know <laughs> giant monster movie summer was going to kill your viewers, <laughs> i will get canceled from the things that I would
0: say. I, I, like, I Honestly, I have a whole different note section of things I can never say on the air. And it's, like, it's just because people don't know me enough yet to know it's a joke, you know? They're going to be like, this motherfucker... Yes. He's a, he's something else.
1: I don't think she puts it together honestly until the end.
0: I like you just thought okay, it's just for the movie, like you know, like to her it doesn't like appear that way. It's it's just something like for us, you know, uh, it's just a style, I suppose is what I thought um, until the end where I'm like, uh, what the fuck, you know what I mean? So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll the get...
1: arm was the pull through for me. Yeah, yeah, you know it's but it's been slow to this point, and you know that the naked man's free.
0: So this is, this is when the movie basically turns from more like stalking type horror into just a supernatural uh, element, which really just yes. comes at 90 miles per hour. You know, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's not like this like slow, like turn. It just fucking snaps into like this almost like dream sequence, you know, like towards the end of the movie where it just gets progressively more intense. It gets progressively stranger. uh that's for sure. And, it, and, it's, yeah. and, and just otherworldly really. Um, and you know it, it all starts kind of with once again like Joffrey you know Joffrey does seem to be like her safe space although I think he makes everybody uneasy but I don't. I've, I never really thought he was like a threat I thought he was just more of like no. whatever and he does become a threat um, I, th- I don't
1: think yeah I think Joffrey at the end is like he's a nice guy there's nothing else wrong other than he keeps forgetting to call her by her proper name and I think it's just kind of standing for that like sometimes even the quote unquote best of us us being the, the men, unfortunately. Yeah. Based on the, that, that's still like, they, they do things like unknowingly, right? It's it's um, unconscious bias almost. Yeah. I feel like I'm giving like a work presentation here, but I mean, yeah. So he comes <laughs> to her rescue.
0: Right. And now the movie gets intense, right? There's, there's a, it's ch- like a
1: fever dream. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. There's a chase scene in the house with all the, the different men, I guess, but mainly the priest. Um, you know, there's, a, there's that really great um, part, really well done. It was, it's a small little thing, you know, but um, effective nonetheless. Where, like, the, he's trying to get his hand in the mailbox, in the yes. slot, and she, um, and she just fucking stabs him you know, right in the hand, and and he's like trying to pull the hand out, and winds up just pulling the knife out with the slot, so he's got a giant gash all the way down the side of the hand. And then when all these other people are chasing her, they have the same wound. If she didn't know that everybody was the same person, like, she's seeing it that way now, for sure, you know? Um, yeah,
1: because they definitely cut to her, like, recognizing. the. It's, like, almost like a claw, because then you see the little boy.
0: Yeah, and that's wow. a really good, like, practical effect. You know, I talked about that before in yeah. the movie, is that, like, that hand. And I was like, you know, they could have done it CG, you know, but... The, the effectiveness of that was was that it was practical. Um, and like I I, I can't like I I can't advocate for that stuff enough. It, it makes such a difference in movies, especially like now in like the advent of CGI. It's just it's an easy thing to do. I mean, I am not saying that like the art of it is easy. I'm just saying like you just see a lot of it.
1: The reason some of the greatest movies that people consistently talk about a lot of it's built on the back of practical effects. Yeah, you know, of course. Um, and and honestly too, when you combine them both. Is when you run into something like a Jurassic Park,
0: you know, Lord of the Rings, or, uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings, um,
1: Blade Runner. Like, there, yeah. there's room for both. And um, no, I agree with you. And the, what I liked about the the weird claw hand is it's a big part of it, too. Like, he's yeah. washing it or he's grabbing her with it. Like, it is, but. In
0: a sexual way so, <laughs> at one point.
1: Yeah. And that was it. Like, there's a lot of vagina imagery in this, too. Yeah. I, I was. Well, know, the tunnel.
0: I mean, obviously, that was like, you know, the first.
1: As you get through deeper into this, like, fever dream, she starts to, I don't know, buy into it more, but, you know, it's it doesn't seem to be as surreal to her as you think it would be. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, yeah. all the way by the end.
0: Yeah, like, she was just kind of, in, she was she was just kind of, like, sold on what was going on, and that was it. You know, what winds up happening is that, like, the man, <laughs> right, like, he's, like, chasing her, um, the priest, obviously, you know, uh, tries to rape her, I suppose, you could say. Yeah, so,
1: and, and he, he. So he quotes two poems. The first one is about Helen of Troy when he talks about Agamemnon. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm the swan. And so the swan in Greek mythology, like Zeus becomes a swan and rapes the woman. And that's how Helen of Troy is born. And then, you know, there's the whole story. Like, if you think about the Trojan War, like everybody blames Helen for running off with Paris. You know, nobody out here talking about maybe Agamemnon didn't wash his dick or something, you know. Right. Uh, I'm trying to, i I'm just like trying to add any humor to this. this. is such a deep movie. But so he does that. And so that's the first thing. So he's comparing her to Helen of Troy. And then the second one he does right before he tries to bone her is um, it's it's from Ulysses and it's Odysseus and the sirens and the sirens talking about their only job is to be capturing men. You know, and it's it's almost like women is property. It's like his two yeah. poems. That's what I was saying. So there's like... you really have to be as into Greek mythology as I would... I feel like to catch those things, to be honest. Or just,
0: um, you know, learn about it afterwards. Obviously, like, these movies are sometimes built upon, like, to be a gateway to those, you know, kinds of things. Because you'll watch it, like the movie, and not really understand a lot of that stuff. And then look into it and like, oh, it's about this. That's what he was talking about. That's what the imagery was. And then you look into it. And I think that's also another great aspect of the movie.
1: Yeah. I think this is one that... um yeah, I could see like i have taken a film class in college. I could see this being one here on oh, a, for how sure. you can use these things. Pretty much right up until here with the where the priest he has her on the sink and he's, he's got a knife on her. You know, he's like talking, he asks her like, when did you lose your virginity? And to be honest, I was curious. and uh, she doesn't answer. It's real <laughs> stuck up of her. <laughs> but like, it just comes at you fast. So she is she escapes and then she gets in the car i believe right
0: she goes to the car and she tries to escape that's when joffrey just turns he was supposed to be the guy that was going to help her out you know like he was taking care of the house obviously like he went to help her when the crow came in and he just turns into a villain because like she hits him or whatever by accident yeah
1: i mean to be fair he's out of all of a sudden he's in the road i mean if she hits him hard like (laughs) Like, yeah like but my man went flying
0: he's trying to be like the the savior like you said and i think like once he gets to the point where he can't you know he can't win on those merits he's like fuck this and he shows his true nature you know and i think that's kind of what it is like tries to be nice a true incel yeah exactly yeah yeah that's that's the best way to describe him a hundred percent
1: yeah i was cracking up though when it cuts to him in the car and he just like makes his scream and i was like <laughs> what
0: right because he's not like super dangerous you know what i mean because he's a no, fucking incel I mean, he, like, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: but the it's... other thing right so he she hits him with the car i mean he goes comically flying and then out of like basically halloween he like stands up and starts like chasing after her and that's when he also starts yelling her married name, and then she, like, gets away, cackling like a maniac, and then you see Joffrey's hand is also fucked up. And the, the, the cool part here, too, is, like, when he falls, he breaks his foot, and then all the other people from here on out have a broken foot too, yeah. right? And right. his insides are all messed up because he, he got hit really hard with that car.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't can't stress that enough. So the, the movie takes a sub extreme supernatural um, body horror turn, I guess. At this point, more body horror than fucking the movie we talked about with Matt, *Crimes of the Future*.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I so for those of you listening, I signed up to do the Cronenberg one first, but somehow Mac got priority. But it turns out. We got the Cronenberg movie here.
0: <laughs> yes, you, 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 it also reminded yeah. me of
1: the the thing a little bit too.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Especially yeah. with the look. It's, especially with the look of it, and uh, yeah, because c- well, we basically what happens is is like
1: and then Green Man shows up, and Green Man is pregnant. It's there's like an order to it, which was weird because so he he's like. Swollen.
0: yeah like almost like like a spider or something like that like it's very like yeah. the imagery is is is
1: so you know he's sitting there and he's screaming and like at this point we kind of for, missed it but like when you first see green man all the way in the beginning he's got cuts all over his faces then the next time you see him after he's arrested he, he takes a leaf and he sticks it into a cut on his forehead and now when you see him again he looks like the face on the the um In the church. The receptacle in the church. Yep. He, yeah, he, like, crab walks down, and I think the first birth comes out of his asshole. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. And then, does he birth, I think he births Samuel, right? So, all of a sudden.
0: Well, he, well, he, he, he has a vagina now, though.
1: Yeah, and I know what you're all asking. Can you still see the penis? And yes. Yes, (laughs) you can.
0: Yeah, you get both. You get two for one.
1: Yeah, so, like, his, I don't know if his asshole turns into a vagina or what, but it, it's it's rough
0: pretty insulting to women birth. but okay <laughs> yeah
1: i look look i think well that's like kind of the whole point like i don't know if it, like it turns into like a fake vagina but it's like no matter what happens in this rushing russian nesting doll thing that we're about to describe <laughs> none of them can give birth like the natural way no but he's like screaming and he gives birth to Samuel who the little boy comes out and starts crawling and then immediately his stomach starts getting... It almost looks like a water balloon when you fill them yeah. up and they start to, like, swell.
0: Yeah, like, it's and very it's very uh intense looking.
1: This was rough to watch. Um And then he... His stomach pops out, and then I think does he give birth to Joffrey?
0: Uh, then, yeah. I'm not 100% sure on the order, but that sounds about right. I'm, like, picturing it in my head because it's happening, like, throughout the house. Like, she's being chased back into the house. Yeah. As yeah, this is happening. Because then yeah.
1: Joffrey... Yeah, it's, like, scraping his way into the house and then he starts to get swollen and you're like I don't know if I can do this again you know (laughs) thank god I wasn't eating a lot when I was watching this and then he I was out of his mouth births James
0: yeah right her husband
1: I was like what the
0: fuck (laughs) right
1: it was at this point that I thought I had lost my mind with what I was watching and she's just kind of standing there taking it all in to be honest and then so she goes into the sitting room with the axe That, you know, we at one point, Riley, the friend on on there mentions the axe. Yeah. And James like crawls his way in because remember, he's got the messed up arm. He's got a broken leg and his insides are all mush because she stabbed the arm. He hit him with the car. And that's how like and then they cut back to when he killed himself and all the injuries, the things that happened to James when he fell. Right. He impaled his arm. He broke his leg. And obviously you're hitting the concrete from a few floors up turns you're inside the mush. And that point, I think that was the moment where the movie clicked for me. And I was like, okay, wow, I just watched something really cool.
0: Right, something different. And I I, I wasn't force-fed something like, you know, um, someone had something to say, and uh, he did it in a very, like, artistic way where it was actually, like, appropriate, you know, um, where it was respectable.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's funny. People will listen to this and think that we're, like really big on social justice issues and things like that.
0: No, If, if,
1: (laughs) if we, if this hit you over the head with it, it would, I think that's another testament to how good the movie is because to your point, this could have been so bang over the head with what, I mean, I think it deals with two things really well, which is like people dealing with past trauma as well as covering issues. And that's why I was surprised that it was a, was a, a, a male director. But so James is just chilling on the couch and there's blood everywhere. Once again, he, he tells her all the injuries he has because of her fault. And she's like, "Bro, what do you want from me?" Right. And he's just like, "Your love."
0: And the look on her face sort of like says it all, right?
1: What did you think happened there before we talk about like the uh,
0: post credit scene? scene? Yeah. Think about what, uh, like James at the end.
1: Like, what do you like? If there was no post credit scene.
0: Oh, oh! If there's no post credit scene, there? that I don't think this happened. I think that no post credit scene meant to me all right so before so when this movie ended i was like okay so at a certain point in time i'd say from when the naked man came back or or when the cop got there i guess uh, from that yeah, point I think in time
1: that's really oh, the, the, the start of like the fever dream i think it's yes. the cop under the tree
0: yeah that's definitely the fulcrum of all that like i i think like so once that happens i'm like okay this is her dealing this is her finally dealing with her shit that's what i thought was going on you know what I mean? This is, like, some kind of internal, like, horror, and she's dealing with something. And when it ends, it just ends. And the movie was like, all right, I just watched a really, like, art house type horror movie. Okay, got it. You know what I mean? Because I, I didn't know what it was until we were getting, like, you know, towards the yeah, end. Yeah, at
1: thing. that point, yeah, you're, you're you're left with, like, did any of this happen kind right. thing? is it it's and too not, much. Not in, um, people don't talk about it, not in, like, an Inception way. It's, like, did the, the top wobble or did it not and that was kind of the point of that movie but i agree with you if there's no post-credit scene i don't think i would rate it as highly or recommend it as much as i do but like you don't you don't know like all you the last thing he says like i want your love and she's sitting there with the axe in her hand and it cut
0: like he thinks he's right because he just wants her to love him but it's not love it's obsession And possessiveness, you know, like there's not like we don't I mean, look, we don't know obviously the whole thing But the whole point of it was to show us that that's what it was right And and we just assume that what he did in that that fight was what he always fucking did or 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 a version of it Right, and she was done with it
1: And it's interesting he hates riley because riley is the person that's supposed to bring reason, right? Like how many people do you know that have been in relationships like that? Everybody's like why don't they just leave and it's just like, you know, even in this situation to your point like at from like early on in the movie she had already resigned to leave. He did these things, but somehow she was still feeling the guilt and the pain of it all. And I think watching for her, I assume something as surrealistic as one dude poop out, another dude pop out, another dude throw up, another dude, and your dead ex-husband sits on the couch next to you—it seems ludicrous. You just tormented me my whole life, and now I and now I understand. Like I have control of what you can and can't hold over me.
0: Yeah, she was able to get like at least peace of mind that she wasn't at fault. Okay, got it. He's a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? And I thought that was right. like what, what we got from it. And and I'm and I'm really giving it like in a layman sort of like way, you know, I'm like describing it to a child. But like that that's kind of okay, what i wow. Offended by the way. <laughs> no not, not... <laughs> Oh, you know, look—if you were talking to Justin, I would be okay with. <laughs> well, you. I was gonna—I I mean, I was gonna make the joke like I wanted a woman's opinion on this movie, so I called you, but I didn't do that.
1: <laughs> oh, you could fit it in there somewhere, you ass.
0: <laughs> I, I, I swear, this is a this is a horror comedy podcast. I know it doesn't sound like that right now. This but... one, yeah, this
1: might be the <laughs> deepest episode you are going to release, though. Yeah. So maybe we should do "Man Gets hit in the Growing with Football" next.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, as a palate cleanser. You know, the 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 post grad scene really fucked fucking threw me for one because so, that's
1: so so yeah what was your like for you what solidified the post-credits scene because i have one one thing in my mind that i was like oh wow I,
0: like like you i thought this whole thing was just not real you know i thought it was just like we're, we're watching her go through something it wasn't until the friend showed up and saw her there you, with the blood yeah, all over the, the place the
1: thing, exactly that's when i saw her see the blood yeah and the axe. And she knew the yeah. she knew the
0: axe was there because she was one to point out. So when I saw like the blood trail come out and her sitting there like all like you know like covered in blood with the axe, I was like, "Whoa, this happened!" And I think like <laughs> that, that was exactly was, yeah. my thought. And, and it shocked me. So this movie really like it did a lot, man. Like it, you could say what you want about it, but this had a lot of effects. Like you go through a lot of shit when you're watching this movie, and I'm saying that from a guy's perspective. You know what I mean? So obviously, like this might mean something different to you know a woman. Yeah, I was like. Shocked by the subject matter, shocked by the visuals, and shocked at, like, of the story itself, like, the narrative. I was like, holy shit, you know? So there was a lot. The movie had a lot going on, you know?
1: It's also interesting that the friend gets out of the car and she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, and she's sitting on the steps, like, holding a leaf and stuff. So it's, like, new life, new leaf. Um, You know, I've, I've killed my past demons, but physically killed something, I, you know? <laughs> right. I, I like because well, the car crash is all there, and you could even put it back in your mind that like maybe the the man birthing James and all this didn't happen, but maybe she did go crazy and crash a car and like kill an animal or something. But it was when that part came in. That's when I started sitting back and I was like, I've I've just watched something pretty involved.
0: And unless there's another way to look at it, and I thought about this too, unless Riley was never real either.
1: That's very possible.
0: Right? Because Riley had you know, all these disconnections yeah. on... She had all these disconnections on, on the FaceTime where the man's face kind of quickly appeared over hers in, like, flashes. So, I don't know if... Maybe Riley wasn't real and it was just... Like I, like I mentioned before, like, the woman and... and uh, the woman cop and Riley were just, like, her thought processes on what happened. You know, two different like, aspects of her, like, trying to deal with things. Like, oh, don't... You're making too big of a deal of it? And No, like, you're 100% right. And riley showing up instead of the female cop to save her it was like okay like you are right you're good you know and her being pregnant was just like a symbolized it was just symbolizing like a, a new start and whatnot so like riley could also just be made up like everybody in this movie could be made up like this could never have happened this could just be her person dealing with something and we're watching it visually i don't know so it was either like this crazy horror thing happened and we're we're given like you know uh you know, it's solidified by saying, oh, here's the character that actually shows up saying, holy shit, someone else saw this, you know, or again, she wasn't even real to begin with. I don't know.
1: No, but I, that's a, I you know what, I didn't even think about that. Um, I saw an American in this movie and I was like, D-Day is coming. We're <laughs> going to fix this. Hell I'm or high water. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Where are you been? That's a really good point though. That still could all be in her head. And it's yeah. just. But I don't think that changes anything, which is cool, right? No, it doesn't. It it
0: definitely doesn't.
1: Either interpretation. And, I, I, you know, thank God eventually I had people over afterwards. And I was like, I need to be around people. Because (laughs) I feel like I just went through something. And I, you know, I tried my damnedest not to text you during it. You know, like, you and I are watching things. We're, like, constantly shooting things back and forth. But, and this is from somebody who, like, I will laugh at almost anything. Whether it's my organs not working or um, <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I like if you Google if you Google this and you see it's like a six star rating. It's a ton of one stars. I mean, I think two things, and I know we want to talk about that. I think the ending is weird, so people don't like that, and I think it's just one of those movies that I feel like it's not so often anymore that like there are directors that make movies that say something. That's your point earlier. Aren't like weird art house like you know? This is a good one that like subtly. Makes a like an interesting i think it's like an hour and 40 minutes um it's it's beautifully done but it has something to say and i
0: feel like go six pack movie goer doesn't like that it's hard to say i feel like most people kind of gravitate towards more of these kind of films you know I, I wanted to talk about that too and i just don't really know the answer to it i read some of the the reviews and i think that people felt that it was like too over the top and i don't know i just don't agree with that I feel like there was just so many feelings to get from this movie. And then, like, how could you say something bad about that? You know what I mean? So,
1: yeah, and it's interesting. If you go look at it, it, I think this is one of the, like, dichotomies of just how anybody enjoys anything. Like, you and I just spent the whole time talking about how, like, the last half-hour fever dream was, like, unreal and, like, very interesting. But, like, the first, like, most of the reviews, if you go on IMDb, are always, like, too much or ruined it by the last half hour or it didn't answer anything and it's like like if you look at the ones like they're giving it eight and stuff it's brace yourself it's off the walls mental anguish personified but i also think people are just like quick to react to things they have to be you have
0: to be quick to react things because you have to the the next thing's coming in two minutes you know what i mean like there's so much fucking out there so much content you just you watch something you're on the next thing aren't the next thing you don't even have time to think about anything anymore you know and I, I think we're all guilty of that too. But you know the thing is is that people really need answers, you know to things. like they want they want like the narrative to be, well, not necessarily clear, but they want it to be complete. You know they want to know what happened. They want to be told what happened, you know uh, even if it's you know done in a way where you have to do a little bit of thinking. But you mentioned the Sopranos before. And, you know, oh,
1: my God. People fucking hated that.
0: I thought it was one of the greatest endings to a TV show ever. I honestly like, did. How
1: else How else were you supposed to
0: end it? Exactly. And I can go you on know. and on about how much I love that ending and why. I mean, I'm not going to. But, like, that's what I'm saying. And people lost it because they wanted an explanation. This doesn't give you an explanation at all. We just talked about all the different possibilities and they could be all right (laughs) or none of them right i don't know yeah
1: i mean like there's literally a scenario where she goes back to real life and honestly gets back into another abusive relationship and the cycle continues right it doesn't wrap it up and say all you know is this is my interpretation at least is that I think with the post credit scene that she's over the trauma she suffered by James's suicide.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think she's over it before the post credit scene, and that because the post credit well, scene he, is he, she
1: kills him. Yeah, yeah. you just see that, like, confirms that she kills him, and yeah. whatever, whatever was holding her back. But that's it; it doesn't. That was made to be her a talking the point. Drive off. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting? Um, so two things with the ratings. Well, one, I think you see this; it's, it's marked as category horror, and. You know, I'm sure you'll probably be a number one advocate, but like there should be subcategories of horror, right? There's slasher horror, there's body horror. This is folk horror, slow horror. But then if I I compare it to, and I know I haven't watched it, but I listened to the episode where you and Matt discussed the Cronenberg movie, and that sounded like he was trying to say something, but you both couldn't figure out what the fuck he was trying to say, right?
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: And I think that's, you know, if I sat down to this movie expecting... Um, like a Friday the 13th, I would be disappointed, right? Uh, thankfully, I, I knew I wasn't going into that, but it's also like people still argue about the ending to the thing. Is he the thing? Is he not? What does the blue and the red lights mean? What does the breath mean? And that's what makes that movie awesome because you get to walk away with your own interpretation and it, it not everything has an ending. And it's something with this when you're dealing with like drama and these things like life doesn't clean everything up. It's not buttoned up in a neat order, right um sometimes you just get what you're given
0: right and you're gonna die and there's gonna be things that are left unanswered <laughs> so that's exactly, just what it yeah. is yep uh, you don't get to finish anything before you go um it, it's just it's yeah. just so
1: funny I, like, my thought process as I started watching this movie was like I'm never coming back on the show again <laughs> like,
0: no we gotta give you like a really I'm, like yeah fun one like, next time I'm, like I'm,
1: like, I'm, I'm like, deadly serious <laughs> and then as it came through and then it wrapped up and I was just like like I said before, I was very entertained. I think it's a wonderful film. It's not something you want to sit down. Like I don't know if I'll watch this around like Halloween or, but no. I, I think it's worth people checking out because it's got something cool to say and and it's a it's a beautiful way of doing it. Yeah. Um. But man gets hit in the football with groin. Had a guy getting hit in the football with a groin. So <laughs> <The> winner
0: is. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, like I said, I felt like shit about myself. Uh, I felt like a piece of garbage, and I didn't do anything wrong. I was like, i got to just go do something nice for my girlfriend today. I was like, yeah, <laughs> the, I don't know the, how yeah, to... Yeah, I
1: think that her and her, her and her friends came over, like, I had all this wine ready, I was making cocktails, I was like, see, <laughs> I, I'm the Joffrey. You... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get, like, too deep on this, but it's, like, it's an interesting movie to come out with, like, all the changes that have happened in the United States and stuff like that, um, as far as, like, women's rights, and it's a poignant story and I also think that similar to other movies like something like Do the Right Thing which came out like what in the early 90s like that movie message still holds true to this day and I think this message is probably going to hold true for unfortunately like a long time Yeah. but I, I did just feel all types of sad afterwards I was like ugh
0: <laughs> yeah I, we're definitely going to need a palate cleanser for the next episode it's funny you know everybody kept asking me like because they were excited about you coming on here I don't know if they're still going to feel that way but they were like what what, what are you guys doing and we're like Me and Anthony are doing men. And every time I said that, I'm like, it doesn't sound right. (laughs) I was like...
1: (laughs) Like, what are we going to watch next? Like, Suspiria? Or, like, do you want to watch some weird, like, or... We're going to have to do, um,
0: like, like, Return Living Dead or something. (laughs) Something just, like, fun and off the wall.
1: (laughs) Or, um, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much if I didn't know that I was going to be, like, having a discussion with you about it.
0: Um, well, that you're right. That's a big part of it too. But but all these elements that like got us to watch the movie were a good thing, you know, because it was it was something.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I can't really say much more other than um, we're scumbags.
0: Yes, men are terrible sure. people. Yeah, and we're sorry. But
1: the Americans came to save the day. That was important. Uh huh. Those are the major takeaways. Men are terrible. Go America.
0: <laughs> Go America. Yep. Yeah. So um, you know. Uh, with that said I guess we could wrap this up
1: so so what is uh, what's next on the docket for sexy vampire Chief? what can we look forward to
0: oh Schindler's List I guess <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't fucking know man this
1: was super fun I, I like um, thanks for having me on no I'm glad
0: uh, you came on man I'm, I had the, a great time
1: you know for the 20 people that stayed through to the end uh, <laughs> we apologize yeah
0: sorry to all the women um, yeah for 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 our, our terrible, disgusting penises and you know everything else we have that I mean, sucks.
1: I think the major takeaway is as bad as men are to all of us, nothing is worse than when you try to pawn off giant monster movie summer to all of us. We don't want it, Joe. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I cut it short <laughs> Fuck. All joking aside The subject was heavy But I had a good time Talking about this movie it's a heavy
1: movie man Holy fuck yeah. But yeah I told all the people Last night I was like You should watch the movie And then listen to the podcast So
0: Oh they're gonna hate you <laughs> Two uh, times They already hate me <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright
0: so uh, With that said You know it's a high recommendation Obviously from both of us you heard us ramble on For you know Quite a while now um so you know check this out be aware what it is um but i think it's definitely worth a watch you know i was really happy to have you on i'm excited to have you on again i, was, I got a great time uh all seriousness i know the subject matter was kind of heavy but um I'm, I'm looking forward to you know having you on more regularly so uh i hope you had a good time too
1: i had a great time and i hope everybody looks forward to the next episode where yeah. joe and i talk about last vampire on earth
0: <laughs> oh man that's not that's not a bad idea but uh All right, with that said, guys, uh, make sure you check us out on the SoMeds social medias. You'll hear about those in a minute. And um, once again, can't thank you enough. Had a great time. And thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. We tried the best. We we tried our best. (laughs) And um, good night. Next week on
1: Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast.
0: Hey, guys. This is Joe from Sexy Vampire Teeth. And I'm here to talk to you about our big plans for next month, for October, Halloween month. We are going to be doing a new episode every Monday. It's going to cover one of our co-host's favorite movies to watch during the Halloween season. We're going to be talking about nostalgic Halloween memories. We're going to be talking about Halloween candy. It's going to be a much more lighthearted approach. And just a good time all around, I think. Uh, Just get everybody in the spirits. And we're also going to be bringing you a day of review of Halloween Ends um, on the 14th. And then the Batman which is going to be released on the 15th. So you're going to get quite a few things uh, that weekend. Uh, Also, we're going to be doing a Halloween special on Halloween Day, which is going to be a commentary track on Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. So we got some pretty good plans, we think, for next month. We hope you guys are excited about them. We're excited to do them. And uh, we hope you guys continue to listen, and we'll see you for October. Hey, guys, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at... Sexy Vamp Teeth. We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. And if you want to follow Justin, all you That's need to me. do... oh, You're still on the phone? Uh I very rarely ever hang up. Tell the people where they could follow you, Justin. Well, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can find me as Justin Tongue. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me JTongue81. And if you want to follow me
1: on Slasher, the horror-based social media site, you can find me at
0: sexy vampire teeth pod and if you want to follow me on social media you can't i'm off the stuff so if you guys want updates on the show please follow us on our social media sites and make sure to tune in every monday night for a new episode thanks for listening guys and good night so long everybody you've been listening to the sexy vampire teeth podcast